Good morning, Embrace. Great to see y'all today. My name is Laban. I'm the worship leader here at the church. Welcome to the second Sunday of Advent, uh, one of my favorite times of year. I'm so glad you've joined with us. I invite you to stand. We're going to start by reading a call to worship together. I'll, I'll start us off and then you can, uh, you can join in. O oh Lord, let my soul rise up to meet you. As the day rises to meet the sun, glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Come thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. And from our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. And Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Born thy people to deliver, born a child and yet a king, born to reign in us forever, now thy gracious kingdom brings. By thine own eternal spirit, ruling all our hearts alone. Sufficient merit raise us to thy glorious throne. Become thou long expected Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us, let us find our rest in thee. Israel's strength and consolation, hope of all the earth thou art, dear desire of every nation, joy of every longing heart. Great is your faithfulness to me. Great is your faithfulness to me. From the rising sun 
to the setting the same I will praise your name and great is your faithfulness to me morning church and welcome to Embrace. So glad you've chosen to join us on this second Sunday of Advent. Now for our very special candle lighting tradition, the Jones family, Jack and Sarah and Rachel and Kaki, are going to read our candle lighting liturgy for us this morning and bring the light of Advent to our space. They will not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountains. For the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. On that day, the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations shall inquire of him, and his dwelling shall be glorious. We are the followers of that root Jesse Isaiah spoke of. We are the ones who are now called to stand as a signal to the world, to all of creation, that peace is the will of the one who created us. Peace is the knowledge of the Lord that we proclaim from sea to shining sea. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near, and bear fruit worthy of repentance. We light these candles, the candle of joyful hope and the candle of proclaimed peace in part to remind ourselves that we are a people rising towards God's promise. But we also light them as a sign to the world, an announcement that there are some who hold on to hope, and there are some who work the ways of peace. We stand as a sign that Emmanuel is still our fervent prayer. Amen. Now I'd like to invite you to join us in our time of gratitude and lament this morning. As we come into this space, you can bring your whole self to worship and to share with your community this morning. So if you're celebrating something, please share that. Share your joy in this space this morning. But you can also share with us if you have had a hard and a heavy week, if you are protesting, if you are feeling a heavy lament about the brokenness that you see around you or in your own personal life, there's space to share that this morning as well. If someone shares with you and you don't really know what to say, it's always appropriate just to thank them for sharing. And so we'll just turn to nearby neighbors and take a few moments and we'll come back together to sing again. So please share with one another.
do I? Okay. We'll just take another okay. moment here to wrap up the conversations. you to stand with us. Let's sing, sing beautiful things.
all things out of the dust and you make beautiful things you make beautiful things out of us again together. Joseph took his wife and a child, and they went to Africa to escape the rage of a deadly king. There along the banks of the Nile, Jesus listened to the song. That the captive children used to sing, and they were singing, "My deliverer is coming, my deliverer is standing by, my deliverer is coming, my deliverer is standing by." Sing that again, my deliverer. My deliverer is coming, my deliverer is standing by, my deliverer is coming, my deliverer is standing by. Through dry and thirsty land, water from the Kenyan heights, pours itself out of Lake Song's broken heart. There in the Sahara winds, Jesus heard the whole world cry for the healing that would flow from his own sky. The world was singing, my deliverer is coming, my deliverer. 
will never break his promise. He is written it upon the sky. My deliverer is coming. My deliverer is standing by. And I will never doubt his promise. Though I doubt my heart, I doubt my Though the stars should break, break with the sky, my deliverer is coming, my deliverer is standing by. My deliverer is coming, my deliverer is standing by. My deliverer is coming, my deliverer. What is really good to be together today, um, if I don't know you, my name is John, and I'm the lead pastor here at the church, and just want to say welcome to each and every one of you who are here with us. If you are visiting for the first time, I want to say welcome to you. Um, I'd love to meet you uh, and get to know you a little bit uh, before y'all leave today, if that's possible. So normally, uh, we have our children's time during this time, but it is the first Sunday of the month, so all of our kids will be in here with us today. Um, so we got a crew back in the back having fun. Uh, so we, we love having our kids in here, so it could be a little bit more rowdy than normal, but that's okay. Uh, we love having our, our children in here in the service once a month and having the whole family here together. And it's also nice to give our volunteers a break uh, once a month as well. I'm going to invite Christian uh, to come forward. Uh, so if you give Christian a hand, he's going to come up here to the front. <clears throat> Christian is a part of our youth group here at the church. He is involved here on Sundays. He volunteers back on the tech team um, many, many times throughout the year. He uh, is also a part of Common Good as well, just an active uh, member here at Embrace and um, I've known Christian since he was probably like second grade or something, I think, and it's been just awesome to see him grow up. Um, he is going to tell you about an awesome opportunity that you will, will have next week uh, to support one of our ministries here that uh, partners called Matchstick Goods, and it's kind of a branch of Common Good, and so I'll let him share a little bit about that and how you can support their work next week. Thank you. Good morning, church. My name is Christian Salvador Velasquez. I'm an employee at Matchstick Goods, which is a social enterprise arm of Common Good. Today, I'm here to talk about, talk about our winter market, which will be happening next Sunday on the 11th, right after church in the cafe. We will have some of our newest products there, like our paint palettes, Christmas ornaments, and candle holders. We will also have cider and cookies available as well. We hope to see you there. Thank you, Christian. 
It's really, really exciting to see how much Matchstick Goods has grown over the last few years. Um, it was kind of just a, a crazy idea many years ago, and it's so awesome to see it coming to fruition and living into its own. Uh, Matchstick Goods, as he said, is a social enterprise kind of arm of Common Good, and so Common Good is the nonprofit in our basement that uh, my wife and I started back in 2012. They just celebrated their 10-year anniversary this year, which is really exciting. We have multiple staff members and students and volunteers who are part of Embrace, and it's really just an extension of what we do here in the community. Um, a few years ago, they started um, a social enterprise, which is a business um, that creates ceramics, and so um, they do pottery. Um, it's all handmade. It's all very high quality, and they sell it, and the really cool thing is that uh, Matchstick Goods employs students from Common Good, teaches them kind of job skills, uh, teaches them how to, you know, show up on time to work, and they're also learning uh, just a, a wonderful craft of being able to, to make beautiful products. We also employ graduates of Common Good as well, and some of them are, you know, working many, many hours throughout the week and providing leadership uh, there at what they do, and it's a really exciting thing. And so on, at the winter market, you can go and see their products and you can purchase them. And so if you have family and friends that you need to buy gifts for for the holidays, this is a great way to buy something that will also um, support a, a good cause as well. And so I encourage you all to check that out right after church next week. What we're going to do now is uh, have our time of prayer. And so like we've been doing each week, I'm just going to kneel here at the altar. If anybody would like to come forward and kneel with me at the altar while we pray, um, you are invited to do that. Um, we'll begin with just a moment of quiet, and then I will pray a prayer uh, kind of on our behalf as a church and then after that, we will close by saying the Lord's Prayer. I encourage you to pay attention to the words on the screen when we get to the Lord's Prayer, just to make sure you're saying uh, the same version that we are saying this morning. So um, I'm going to kneel here at the altar. If anybody would like to join me, then you are invited to do that. We'll take just a moment of silence, and then after that, um, I will pray for us. encourage you as best as you can as you can this morning just to try to take a few deep breaths be reminded of God's spirit that lives inside of you breathing life into your body into your mind into your spirit It is God's Spirit that woke us up this morning. It is God's Spirit that sustains us. It is God's Spirit that keeps this world moving. And God's Spirit is all around us, even living within us. Scriptures say that there is nowhere that we can go. There is nowhere 
we can go to escape God's love, God's presence, God's sight, God's ear, wherever you may find yourself this morning, whether you feel like you are riding high on the mountaintop or you're down in a deep, dark hole, God sees you. God hears you, and God is there. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said that he is the vine, and we are the branches that come off of the vine. When we stay connected to Jesus, we can experience life and goodness We can walk through any dark time because we know that we are not alone. Lord, we come to you this morning and my desire in my heart this morning is that we all would just connect with you on a deep level. That, Lord, we would press into you this morning, that, that Lord, you would help us, that you would come alongside of us and help us, Lord, to open up ourselves, all of ourselves, to your love and to your grace, to your power. Many of us, Lord, are walking dark, difficult paths right now. Many of us are going through just really challenging situations. Many of us are racked by grief and loss. Some of us are dealing with depression. Many of us are anxious just beyond our ability to cope. Some of us are angry. Many of us are struggling just to put one foot in front of the other, Lord. And I pray that you would help to open us up, Lord, to experience you, even, even if we're in low moments right now, that we would see just and taste your goodness this morning. And I pray you would help us all, Lord, to kind of know what, what our next step is, how we can take one step towards you this morning, open ourselves up to you again this morning, to experience deep fellowship and intimacy and unity with you today. Lord, we cannot, we cannot live apart from you. We need you, Lord, and we pray you would meet us now. Today, Lord, we bring uh, so much on our minds and hearts. There is so much to lament and there is so much to praise. There is so much to protest and there is so much to be grateful for. And we live in that tension today. Lord, we continue to lament the violence and the death that we see all around us. Happening right here in our own communities here in Lexington and all across our city and state nation, and world. So much violence, so much hurt. And we lament the violence, Lord. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to show up, to show up in powerful ways. This morning, I'm grateful for even the small steps towards change that we saw in Iran just in the last couple of days. And the fruit of the Continued protests there over 
just the grave injustice that many women in particular have experienced there. There are so many other things on my heart and mind, and Lord, you know what they are, and you know what's on the hearts and minds of all the people here today. But God, we pray that you would show up. God, I'm also grateful this week for all the nonprofits that I was seeing all over my social media this week that were raising money through the Good Giving campaign and on Giving Tuesday, and it's just so encouraging to see, Lord, all the good work that's being done. All the seeds of the kingdom that are being planted and nurtured and we're seeing sprout and grow all around us. As Brother Rick reminded us on Monday night, we need to have eyes to see those things, to see the good, to see the things that that we have to be grateful for. So even in the midst of death and destruction, Lord, we are so grateful and we praise you because we see signs of your kingdom all around us. And I pray that we could continue to see those things. And be about that work, to see this creation restored and remade into something beautiful and life-giving and whole. Help us to know our part. Lord, we love you so much. Thank you for being here with us today. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus, who taught us to pray this wonderful prayer so long ago. And we join together with many Christians across our world this morning as we pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Y'all can go find your seats. Thank you for joining me at the altar this morning. And those in your seats, thank you for praying along with us today. It's been such a gift to spend these times with God each week. So as uh, you all know, we began the season of Advent last week. And this is our second week, and we lit our second candle uh, this morning. And it is the candle of peace. So last week, Christina introduced us to our series that we are going through during this season, and she introduced our theme, and our theme for our series is Path of Promise. Now, we chose this theme not just because Christina loves alliteration, but because uh, we know that if we are going to walk the path that God has laid out for us, if we're going to walk the path that God has laid out for us, then we're going to need something to help us keep going. Because the path of God, the ways of God, the narrow path that Jesus talks about is way too hard to walk in this world. We live in a violent, fractured, and stressed out world. And we need something to help us. We need something to help us continue to move forward. A few weeks ago, we talked about how we move forward by looking back. That's this idea of Sankofa that I introduced you all to. It's building upon the best of our past as we move into the future. And so what we've done is we've looked to the ancient Jewish faith to see what kept them going. Do you know what kept them going? 
through all the hardship, in spite of all the oppression that they faced, in spite of hundreds of years of exile, in spite of massive failures, in genocide, in discouragement, in depression, in pain, do you know what kept them going? The promises of God. The faithful Jews walked the path of God because of God's promises. They believed, like Christina said last week, that God is not just a promise maker, but God is a promise keeper. The promises of God have been passed down from generation to generation to generation to generation and have finally been passed down to us. We have the same promises that sustained Abraham and Sarah all the way back at the beginning. We have the same promises that empowered those Hebrew midwives, Shifra and Puah, to rescue those babies from destruction in Egypt. We have the same promises that sustained Moses and the Israelites in the wilderness. We have the same promises that were given to Ruth, the Moabite widow, the foreigner, that gave her the courage and compassion to migrate with her mother-in-law to a new land. We have the same promises that were given to David that gave him the resolve to rise up despite his lowly status. We have the same promises that sustain generation after generation after generation after generation. We have the same promises that caused Mary to sing when she learned that she would give birth to the Messiah. We can walk this hard path Because we have the promises of God. Yes, the journey we travel is difficult. It is painful. It is traumatic at times. But it's possible because of God's promises. We are truly standing on the promises, as the hymn says. During Advent, we are focusing on the lectionary texts that are given to us, that have been given to us hundreds of years ago. And we're focusing on the Old Testament readings, which all come from the book of Isaiah. And they are all prophecies from the prophet Isaiah. And they all are basically promises from God. And all of them are basically pointing to the same promise, and it is this, the promise of new creation. God promises through the prophets time and time and time again that He is going to bring new creation, that He will restore, redeem, and recreate this world. And He gives the prophets prophets words and images and stories to help people imagine what new creation will be like. And our beautiful art that Emily created behind us is pointing us to, it's giving us images to look at even to imagine what this new creation will be like. As Christina said last week, God's ultimate plan is that God is going to restore and rebuild a new heaven and a new earth. And it is a powerful vision of heaven and earth colliding, becoming a place of complete unity and reconciliation between God and creation. You know, you may not know this, but throughout history, And there's a lot of evidence to show this is true, that prophets were most active in the Israelite faith during times of crisis, devastation, and pain. 
They've actually even seen the times the prophets were the most active was when the rich and the poor had the biggest gap between them. It was placed times of injustice and oppression. That's when the prophets stood up and were speaking and, and articulating this vision of new creation. And one of their primary jobs was to help people to hold on to hope and walk in the ways of God even in the most difficult and hard times. And so the prophets would come and they would try to help people imagine another world. They would try to help people imagine that another way is possible, that things don't just have to be the way we see right now here in front of us. And so prophets would help them envision something different. Now, we need more prophets today, I believe. <laughs> we need poets and creatives and artists and preachers and activists, prophets who can help us imagine what the new creation will be like. Prophets who can help us imagine another world different than what we're experiencing currently. Can we all agree that our world is not as it should be? There is so much suffering and injustice and violence. I feel like we're kind of barely hanging on a lot of the time. It often feels like we're just doomed for destruction. But prophets help us to wake up. They help us to imagine another world. They help us to see God's plan when it's really hard to see God's plan. And once we see God's plan for new creation, when we get a vision and we say, oh, that's what it's going to be like. That's what it's going to be like. There won't be any more violence. There's not going to be any tears. People are going to come together. We're going to be one with God, and we're all going to come together. In our diversity, there will be unity. When we see it, then we are invited to join with God to begin the work of new creation right now. So, for example, last week we read a prophecy in Isaiah, powerful image of weapons of war, swords being beaten into plowshares. Weapons of war being turned into gardening tools. What a powerful, powerful image. That means you don't fight wars with gardening tools. You cultivate the land and grow new things. You don't destroy, right? And we can get excited about the day when God gets rid of all the weapons. I can't wait. But we also should ask ourselves, how do we do the work of new creation now? How can we work now to end gun violence? How can we work now to put a stop to war? How can we work now to eradicate these deadly assault rifles, these weapons of war from our communities? How can we rebuild our public parks and bring resources and opportunities into struggling neighborhoods? This week I read that the promise of new creation is a gift and a vocation. The promises of God will restore and redeem all of creation. That promise that God is going to one day fix all this mess, that is a wonderful gift. And that can sustain us in this walk. That can help us to, to face hardship and injustice and struggles. But it's also a vocation. It is a calling. We are invited. We are invited as God's people to embody that promise by the way we live together in this world. And so as you read these prophecies, these beautiful poetic images that seek to describe what the kingdom of God is like, ask yourself, how will I work to bring about new creation 
now. Let me read from Isaiah 11, verses 1 through 10. It is a hopeful promise of redemption and restoration. These words have been a gift to many for thousands of years, helping them hold on to hope in spite of challenges. But remember, they are also a vocation, a calling towards the peaceable kingdom that we hear in these verses. So I'm going to read from Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 through 10. In many ways, this describes kind of an impossible reality, but the cool thing about God is what we perceive to be impossible may in fact be possible. It says, a shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From its roots, a branch will bear fruit. The spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The spirit of wisdom and of understanding, the spirit of counsel and of might, the spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord, and he will delight in the fear of the Lord. He will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness he will judge the needy. With justice he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips he will slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithfulness the sash around his waist. The wolf will live with the lamb and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf and the lion and the yearling together and a little child will lead them. The cow will feed with the bear. Their young will lie down together and the lion will eat straw like the ox. The infant will play near the cobra's den The young child will put his hand into the viper's nest. They will neither harm nor destroy on my holy mountain. For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for all the peoples. For nations will rally to him and his resting place will be glorious. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. So this prophecy in Isaiah begins with an acknowledgement of the bad situation the Israelites were in. If you look at Isaiah 10, the chapter that comes right before, we read that the Israelites had been cut down like a tree. This is the image that's used in that passage. They endured the terrible consequences for their bad leadership, neglect of the poor, and their unjust practices. Isaiah could be referring to their exile that they went into. He could be referring to another national tragedy. It's not clear. But regardless, the Israelites were like a stump, as the verse says. They were dead, cut down, lifeless. Perhaps you know what that feels like. Then Isaiah cast a vision for a new life to emerge out of a place of death and destruction. A a stump has no life, it is done with, the tree has been cut down, but he writes that a shoot will grow up from the stump. That new life will grow out of a place that seemed to be dead. It reminds me of a, a poem by Tupac where he talks about the rose that grew out of the concrete and he's referring to the concrete that blankets urban communities across our nation dealing with the deadly effects of wealth disparity and injustice and violence and often over-policing and gentrification. And he talks about a rose, a beautiful flower, a sign of new life in the midst of a deadly place. 
A few years ago, I went camping at the gorge by myself. And at that moment, I was feeling very low. And I looked and I thought, I need to just get away. And so I went camping by myself for a night. And, and I was hiking and I looked at this massive rock above me. And it sounds kind of cheesy, but I saw a flower growing out of the rock. Y'all probably see this happen before. And there was nothing else around. I have no idea how this happens. But it spoke to me. I know it's really simple. But in that moment, that reminded me that things are going to be okay. That new life and new creation is possible. And for Isaiah, he's using a similar image. That a shoot would grow up from the stump. And what he's talking about here, what he was envisioning was a new king who would lead Israel. And so the shoot that's coming up is going to be a new king that would lead Israel in a wise, righteous, and just manner. And this new king would lead so effectively and compassionately and so righteously that there would be peace everywhere because of the king's leadership. And the image of peace is so profound. When Isaiah thought of new creation and new life, I love what he imagines in his mind. He imagined a world where the powerful no longer devour the weak. A world where humans from all nations would come together and love one another, but he also imagines that the animals won't even prey on one another anymore. All of creation. No longer will the weak be devoured by the strong. This is a vision, a taste of shalom, this biblical peace that's not just peace like getting along, but it's peace combined with justice and love. And the early Christians took this prophecy and really interpreted it to be about Jesus, the coming Messiah. They saw Jesus ultimately as that shoot that grew up from the stump. Jesus was the coming king, and that Jesus ushered in new creation when he was born in Bethlehem on Christmas Day. So you, can, you understand now why Mary was singing these songs of radical redistribution and justice. That's why the shepherds got so excited. That's why the Magi traveled so far. That's why Joseph took great risk to care for Mary and this child that wasn't technically his. That's why Simeon and Anna were so thrilled in the temple that day. They believed that Jesus was the shoot, the new life that emerged in a place of death and darkness. Last Monday when Christina was preaching, I was sitting out here and I was looking at the artwork behind me. And I was looking particularly at Emily's piece of art that depicts the stump. And I really was connecting deeply to this image because I'll tell you, just to be honest, I've lately I've felt kind of like that stump. I felt fairly depressed at times, kind of dead and, and heavy with grief and loss. At the same time, I've also seen glimmers of hope, of peace, of love and joy as I've walked this hard road since losing my son. I've seen the small shoot emerging out of the dead places within me. I've seen glimmers of new creation. I've experienced some of God's redemption and love, and it has truly been a gift. But we all know that we can't just stop there. We don't just receive God's gifts and God's promises and hold on to them as if they are ours to keep. We've been invited by God to join Him in His work of redemption in other people's lives throughout our communities. 
in other neighborhoods, in other places across our world. I have been redeemed, and I'm invited to work with God for the redemption of our world. Christina shared last week some powerful insight from N.T. Wright. And it's this, that the church is the pilot project of the new creation. That the church, we are the pilot project of the new creation. Through the power of the Spirit, the church is meant to model what new creation looks like by the way we live and love together. And so when we hear a prophecy about new creation, a prophecy about godly peace, then we can imagine how we bring about godly peace right now. We live as part of the new creation now. The new creation hails Jesus as king, and so we live now as if Jesus is on the throne. And if Jesus desires the powerful to stop devouring the weak, then we work for that now. If Jesus desires that power, the dynamics be shifted, then we need to think about how we redistribute power now. We advocate for the weak and we protect those who are vulnerable now. We befriend the outcasted and lonely now. We refuse to take part in any bullying or any meanness now. We speak up when our voice is needed now. The promise of new creation is both a gift and a vocation. We embrace the promise, we receive the promise, and we act upon the promise. New creation is a wonderful gift. We believe that as Christians, we can experience new life and new creation right now through the power of Jesus' Spirit working in us. When I was baptized, I believed that I was raised to new life with God. And it is a gift to have that in my life, to experience that new life in my own life. But it's not something I can just hold on to for myself. It has become my vocation my calling to share that new life, that new creation with others. And this has radically kind of changed the way I think about my faith in the last few years. It's not just so that I can give my life to Jesus so that I can go to heaven one day and be with him. No, like that is, Jesus offers me that gift, but has also invited me to join him in his work, to make sure that gift is shared with every single person and in every community across our world. So that new creation is part of my personal life, but it's also part of our world. And so we join with God. And so what I'm trying to do in my life, and I get it right sometimes and I get it wrong a lot of the time, but I'm trying to work with God to share that new life with others. Through my personal life and my family and my parenting and my marriage, also in my work here at the church at Common Good and at Neighbors, so many different ways I'm trying to do this in my life. And I encourage you all to think about how you will join with God to bring about new creation now. You know, what an honor and privilege it is. What an honor it is to partner with God to see our world become what it is meant to be. That's a great honor. And I'll never understand why God wants to work with us because we're not very good partners sometimes, right? If I was going to hire someone to work with me, I don't know if I'd pick myself sometimes, you know? But God, for some reason, wants to partner with us to see this world redeemed. God is powerful. God could have come up with another way. But God has chose to walk with us and us to join him in his work. Perhaps because he loves us so much and just wants us to be near him. I'm not sure. 
But regardless, it is an honor and a privilege to partner with God to see our world become what it is meant to be. A place of peace. A place of belonging. A place of mutuality and sharing. A place of equity. A place of justice. And every single one of us have a part to play. It is our vocation to do the work of new creation now. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We're going to share communion this morning as we do each week. And I'll go ahead and invite our worship team to come up. If you need a communion cup, and there are some at the table, uh, they're at our front entrance of the church back there, and you can go grab one. Um, no worries about having to get up and go do that. But we share communion every week because we just really believe that it's important. You know, Jesus, the early church, actually, every chance they got, they would share communion together. Um, every chance they would gather together for meal or for worship, they would always share the Lord's Supper. Before Jesus died on the cross and, and rose and ascended into heaven. There before all that happened, he got together with his disciples and, and they were in Jerusalem in the upper room of a home, likely some kind of safe house attic because they had the authorities coming after them. Things had gotten really bad. Jesus was a marked man and, and they were trying to find him to arrest him. And they were hiding out and they were sharing this last meal together and Jesus was sharing some kind of parting words and instruction to them. And during that meal, they, they, they shared likely, uh, potentially a normal kind of Passover meal, but he took that meal and he kind of reinterpreted it around himself and, and really was teaching them that, yeah, that, that freedom and liberation y'all experienced back at the time of Moses and the Exodus, like reinterpreting it around himself, saying that, that I'm here to offer something even better than that, a type of freedom that you can carry around with you anywhere you go because my spirit will be with you. And Scripture tells us where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so Jesus was there with them, sharing that meal with them. And during that meal, he said a lot. He, he kind of taught them. In the Gospel of John, you can read through that. It's called the Farewell Discourse. And, and during that meal, there were uh, three recurring themes that I've found as I've done my own kind of reading of that. The first one, over and over and over, Jesus said, do not be afraid. Over and over and over again, do not be afraid. Hard times are coming, but don't be afraid. And then he said, I want you to remain in me. Stay connected to me. I am the vine. You are the branches. You can do nothing apart from me. Stay close to me through my spirit that I'm going to give you. And then finally, he said, I want you to love one another. And that's the essence, I believe, of what Jesus shared throughout the whole Gospels. It's don't be afraid, remain in Jesus and love one another. And ultimately, as we're working to, to be that pilot project of the new creation, as we're working to bring about new creation right now, it's going to be scary because there's a lot of dark forces that are going to work against us. Because <laughs> when you try to bring in good and peace and justice into the world, a lot of people don't want that. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be difficult things we go to, go through. But Jesus says, don't be afraid. Remain close to me and love one another. And if we do that, I think we're going to be on the right track. If y'all could bow your heads with me.
God, we are so grateful for this time we get to share together today. I thank you for just the many ways throughout scriptures that we are reminded that all the gifts that you give us are not just for us, that all the promises you you make are not just for me, (laughs) that you have given us a calling and vocation to embody that promise by the way we live. And I pray, Lord, that, that we would not, that we would not let fear cripple us. We're going to experience fears. I have fears all the time. But Lord, I pray you would help us not to allow the fears to keep us from being the people you've called us to be. That we could have courage to face those fears and to continue to walk the path you've laid out before us. And as we walk this path of promise, I pray we would stay connected to you, Lord, that we would remain in you. And God, I also pray we would always have love at the forefront of everything. That when we're confused about what to do, that we would choose love. God, we need you so much. I pray you would pour out your Holy Spirit upon this bread and juice and whatever folks have at home this morning who are worshiping online. Pour out your Holy Spirit upon this food and drink. We pray that it would be for us the body and blood of Christ, that you would fill us up this morning in a fresh way, that we would leave here changed, that we would leave here looking more like you, that we would leave here feeling and, and actually being closer to you, Lord, more connected to you. Help us, Lord, to see your face today and to leave here changed because we've seen you for who you are. Lord, we need you so much. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to go ahead and get out a little wafer, and if you're worshiping at home with us, whatever food you've set aside for this purpose, you can go ahead and get that ready. I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Take the drink, and I encourage you to take and drink. This is the blood shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We're going to spend some time just worshiping together as we finish our time together this morning. If you'd like to come forward and pray at the altar, then you're invited to do that. If you'd like me specifically to pray for you or you would like to talk to me about something that maybe is on your heart this morning that God was speaking to you, I'll be over here on this side. Come over there and let me know. Um, Otherwise, I'll just let you have your personal time with God. Pastor Tanya will be in the back, and she'll be happy to pray for you back there as well if you would prefer that. But I encourage you all, as we close, as you're able, let's all stand together as we sing our closing song.
Thank you all so much for coming and joining with us this morning. I think it's just so awesome that we get together every single week, and I know it just helps, does a lot in my life, but it helps sustain me for the journey that we walk ahead. I heard a guy say once, it's Sunday, but Monday's coming. And so the, the authenticity of our worship on Sunday really depends on how we live Monday through Saturday throughout the week, right? And I think that has really informed the way I live my life and much of what I was trying to share with you all this morning. A couple of things before you leave. We do have connect cards in your pews, kind of the big uh, uh, kind of card there that's got a place to put your name and all that stuff. If you're visiting with us, I really love when you all fill that out. Um, you can put that in the box over here by this door, and there's one at the back as well. Just fold it and stick it in there. Um, it'll get to the right spot. If you need prayer, you can put those prayer requests on there as well and put that there. If you also need anything from us, that's a good way to get in touch with us if we don't get a chance to talk after the service. Also, um, if you would like to give and support our church uh, financially, um, then you can do that by putting an offering in either of those boxes as well. You can also give online at our website, embraceyourcity.com, um, slash give. All the information there is on how to do that. And then I encourage you to read the announcement handout. It has got a lot of stuff on it. And it's all, a lot of it's new, and so you need to read through that. There's a lot of things coming up that you won't want to miss. There's an Advent worship night we're doing. Uh, you want to see when that is. I think that's going to be on the 17th, is that right? On December 17th at 6 p.m., uh, Laban is going to be leading with some others and guiding us through that evening, which will be really exciting. Um, one thing I do want to highlight today uh, is next week, there's two important things. Christian told you about the winter cell for matchstick goods that'll be after the service in the cafe. Before the service in the cafe, if you would like help with our community art project that we're doing, and you can read about that in the announcements, then we're going to have folks here to help you uh, do that next Sunday morning before church in the cafe. And so just come early. You can work on that, and that would be great. All the information is in the announcement handout. Grab one on your way out and let me know if you have any questions. 
If y'all could prepare yourself to receive the benediction. May the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of our Holy Spirit be with you all, now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace.